Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So we want to welcome you to our podcast today, The Scent Life. What a, uh, a great time. Appreciate you uh, tuning in to this episode. This episode is brought to us today, uh, sponsored by One Hope. Uh, One Hope is a ministry out of Baltimore, Maryland that uh, has a vision of building healthy churches, church planting, and church revitalization in urban inner city areas. Uh, Today, uh, it's my honor to have with us uh, the pastor of the Garden Church and also the director of One Hope, Joel Kurz. Joel, thanks for being here with us today. It's good to be here, brother. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about the ministry that God's called you into in Maryland there. So uh, I'm uh, from Akron, Ohio, originally. I uh, came to Maryland through Florida after some college and uh, took a youth pastor job for five years outside of Baltimore. In 2008, moved into the city, had no clue what I was doing, but I wanted to start a church in a tough community. Okay. And uh, it was a tough first couple of years. It's actually been a tough 12 years, but the first <laughs> couple of years were extremely difficult. And uh, truly by God's grace, I don't say that in some cliche, cliche way, right. by God's grace in 2012, we constituted as a church. Great. So we're an inner city church. And then uh, the, over the last couple of years, we have had this greater uh, desire to plant other churches. Okay. And so we've built One Hope, which is a, uh, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a ministry that's birthed out of our church focusing on revitalizing or planting other churches in the inner city. Great. So talk to me a minute. So you talked about the difficulty and the people that listen in, uh, pastors, uh, missionaries, church planters, will be asking questions about the the complexity, the difficulty you move into an inner city area, uh, Baltimore. What are some things that you faced early on or maybe that you still face that are a challenge to a pastor in the inner city? Well, one of the biggest challenges is just simply the, the context that we, that we live in of addiction and mm-hmm. brokenness and violence. Uh, it's a community that has been broken by generational poverty and years of uh, uh, racism that has affected uh, a lot of inner city communities. And so you know, uh, there, there is just simply a challenge of the, the, the needs of the people as we are doing discipleship, as we are sharing the gospel with people, as we're seeking to help people grow. Uh, there is no silver bullet. There is no uh, strategy that needs to be learned. There's no specialized training. It's just simply the same gospel, the same kind of discipleship, opening the Bible with people, but it just takes a lot of time. Is that, yeah. And so I think patience is one of the biggest challenges for myself. I want to see things happen quick. Sure. And it took us four years to just think, get things rolling. Wow. And so just patience and endurance in the ministry. Um, was something that the Lord had to teach me. And so you said you, the Garden Church constituted in 2012? 2012. So we, we were going for about four years before that, okay. but we started out with very uh, few Christians. Sure. Uh, we had didn't really have any healthy membership. And so we waited until 2012 okay. before we actually said we are a church and con- kind of constituted as a church, began membership, right. et cetera. So what is it like to be the pastor in an inner city? What would your... You probably don't have a typical week. Anytime I ask a pastor, church plan, tell about your typical week. But what do you? What kind of things are you doing? Maybe that would be different from a pastor that would be in the suburbs, or a pastor that would be in a a, a, a different type of church or context. You know, I think first I would say a lot of what I do would be no different. You know, I'm preparing messages. Um, I, I think sometimes in 
in uh, when we think of missions, we sort of have this like uh, mystical idea of what missionaries or church planters or inner city workers do. And it's this, you know, they, what is this great mystery? And the reality is, is it's just very normal. Sure. You know, it feels very ordinary. It feels okay. very regular. I'm just counseling people, helping people know Jesus. Uh, but there are some things that I could say we do uh, as a church that is a little unique, and that is that we have a heavy focus on job training. We, we see that as part of discipleship, okay. not disconnected from discipleship. You know, we, we have a focus on, uh, a little heavier focus on counseling. Uh, we have a heavy focus on youth and okay. doing an after-school program. So there's some things that we have done contextually because of the the, uh, the neighborhood that we're in uh, that is going to look very different than uh, some other uh, churches. Now, also, I will say this: we we live in the community. Okay. Um, most uh, the majority of our people live in the community. Uh, our door is always open, mm-hmm. and so that might be different as well. Here's my challenge in answering your question. I've never been a pastor of a church <laughs> in a different context, so I might not even know what the, the answer go. is. Yeah. So when you say your door is always open, I think that's unique, right? I mean, most churches lock their doors, and pastors sometimes pastors who live in urban settings live outside of those urban yeah, settings. Yeah, our life is very integrated with the ministry. Right. Yeah. So you you have the video. We want to post the video on our podcast page so anyone can see your video. But you make a comment in the video that you're going to always have teenagers, always have people in and out of your house. Mm-hmm. Um to do they to watch your life? You're investing in this discipleship. Um, so, what are some uh, what are some key issues that you, as a pastor uh, in an inner city area, are focused on as you, these teenagers are growing up? What are some 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 discipleship needs? Well, yeah. So, hospitality. Just to kind of back up sure. a little bit, hospitality as a whole is just something that my wife and I have tried to embrace in the neighborhood. Uh, we want to open our home to teenagers or older folks or whoever mm-hmm. uh, is is coming through. Uh, we want to uh, model family life. Um, we want to include people at our table for family worship and opening the Bible together. And so we've had the opportunity over the years to be able to, you know, have a, a young child who's who might not be getting that at home, okay. who's hanging with us. Uh, we also have uh, created a uh, after school program that was sort of organically birthed okay. because we just had people coming over. We had people coming into our church office. And I looked at Montrell, who's one of our workers, who's one of our elders. Mm-hmm. And I said, bro, like, let's start a after-school program. They're, they're coming. We mm-hmm. might as well, you know. And so that after-school program focuses on, of course, the gospel. They get a gospel lesson every day, biblical instruction. And we've also taken... Uh, a, a lot of this job training stuff that we do, and okay. we're, we're putting that into terms that kids can understand over the years as, the, as they grow up. And really just trying to give them uh, a sense of direction, a sense of guidance, a sense of biblical mentorship. Good. So discipleship and job training. Um, this is not always something that people put together, but I think as you are um, endeavoring to uh, you know, do discipleship, whole community discipleship, um, talk to me in just a minute. I mean, this is, I'm just fascinated by this idea of job training as Christian discipleship. Mm-hmm. Talk to about what, what do you mean by that, and, and how do you come to that concept? Yeah, well, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Right. Right? Uh, it's bi- biblical. So uh, there's, there's a, a, a part of this where we just want our members to work. Okay. You know, like this is biblical discipleship, sure. right. you know, uh, to provide for your family, uh, to raise your kids in the nurture and admonition mm-hmm. of the Lord. And so uh, part of what we do would be not just simply outreach, but also 
for our members, mm-hmm. for people that are coming into the church, attending the church. Uh, maybe they're not members yet. Maybe they're still exploring the gospel, but it's a way for us to help uh, begin to frame what biblical uh, discipleship okay. looks like as it relates to a job. Sure. Because the other piece is, wh- why don't people work? Well, there's a lot of reasons why people don't work, and we don't have the time to <laughs> go into all of that right now. Uh, but w- as you break that down, what we what we begin to discover is that it is uh, it's discipleship issues. Okay. As as to why someone might choose to stay home as opposed to go to a job, showing up on time, getting up, you know, being a, a person of your word. Let mm. your yes be yes. Being a person of commitment, providing for yourself. Um, and so for us, it's it's in part discipling those that are that are in our church that need need this kind of discipleship, but also it is a very practical way for us to reach out to the community That's and good. meet a felt need. That's good. Yeah. You know, so from a felt need perspective, uh, over the years as I walk through the community, I ask people, hey, you know, how are things going? What's up? And I'll hear a 19-year-old say, Joel, Joel, I need a job. Hmm. You got, any, got anything for me? I need a job. And so I was for a while just trying to link people with jobs and trying to get these young guys into my office and trying to teach them a couple things. Right as to how to show up to this interview, et cetera. And so that also developed into a uh, more of a formalized strategy of let's put something together that can really meet a felt need in the community, but also because it is working a job is so intrinsically tied up in who we are Mm. as people creating the image of God, uh, we can so easily use that to explain the gospel to people. And so we, we do that. We have yeah. a job training program, and I've got a young lady that leads that, and it is so gospel-driven, and we've seen people come to Christ as a result of going through this wow. this ministry. That's great. Now, so you know, that's, I like that because it, it really, it's, a, um, it's contextually focused. What's the need of the community? This not just felt need, but real need. You know, yeah, sometimes we yeah. talk about felt needs, and they're not real needs, but this is a real need. Someone needs a job, and then you, but don't know how to get a job, and so you really walk alongside and help, yeah, yeah, uh, equip. And and ju- just to give you a yeah, picture please. of our neighborhood, as it relates to the fact that it is a real yeah, need, sixty percent so of our uh, neighborhood is unemployed. Eighty-five um, percent of the kids come from low-income houses. Right. Uh, the vast majority of kids are in single-parent homes, and so there's these challenges of how how is mom going to provide for the family and raise the kids. Wow. Uh, average income is or median in- income is fifteen thousand a year. Wow. Um, half the kids won't graduate high school. So th- this is you're right. This isn't just simply a felt need. This is a real need. Yeah. It's a real problem, and we can as a, as Christians address this real problem in such a way that proclaims Christ. Yeah, so talk to me just, I appreciate that transition because um, uh, the thing that I like about what you are doing in Baltimore, and I've heard other people talk about your ministry, is the uh, just the way that you see the need in the community, you understand the gospel has a real need for real people, there's this uh, transformational element to, uh, to your ministry. But how would you, uh, from inside urban setting in Baltimore, what would you say to pastors and uh, who are out in different types of ministries, challenges, uh, encouragement, and then maybe for people who are looking forward to asking themselves, what is God calling me into? People may be interested in church planting, church revitalization. So give, a, give an insight there. What, how would you uh, challenge, speak to some guys 
uh, who may have this in their future. Sure, sure. Well, on one hand, I think wherever you're at, uh, there, there's brokenness all around you. Uh, certainly spiritual brokenness. Sure. And, and also physical brokenness, social brokenness. Um, you know, even in the wealthiest suburbs, you're probably going to find pockets of, sure. of uh, societal brokenness there. And so one thing that I, that I encourage pastors to, to just realize is that, um, first of all, as it relates to poverty and helping people come out of poverty, it's not just a money issue. It's not just giving somebody a money, giving money, giving somebody a handout. Um, there is such a thing as financial poverty, but there are different kinds of poverties that also keep people poor, mm. such as a spiritual poverty, such as the inability to resolve conflict, mm. uh, such as a relational poverty. And as we begin to look at like all of these various different kinds of poverty that, that are in people's lives, mm. what I realize is that the church is well-suited to, to uh, resource individuals in every single one of those categories. That's good and effectively help people step out of poverty. Yeah. Not that that's even the goal, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, we, we, we are equipped to do work with the, with the most difficult, uh, challenging situations. Yeah. So that's the first thing I want us all to realize is that it's just the church being the church. Mm. There is no silver bullet. There is no specialized program that's needed. Just be a, be a healthy mm. church. Um, secondly, there are churches that are in communities that are tough, that, that uh, are struggling from years and years and years of brokenness, it's easy for us to do ministry in those communities. It's easy for us to think about doing uh, a handout or a soup kitchen mm. or, or, or serving in some fashion, bringing in a missions team. But what about church planting? Mm. What about uh, the healthy local church being established in this community as the primary means of God's display of the gospel. That's great. And so that's really what I want us to be thinking about is church planting, church revitalization. Right. Not just simply starting some, a, a ministry there, mm-hmm. but getting behind a pastor, a team of people who can uh, plant a local church mm-hmm. in that community. That could be sending people, but it can also be, uh, and probably should also be, just support, mm-hmm. you know, resourcing. Uh, if you think of the various needs in, in our community or a lot of communities like ours, and then you ask yourself the question, how could we ever have a self-sustaining local church in that community? Well, some missions agencies might say, and I don't think it would be any of ours, but some, <laughs> we some missions not. agencies might say, well, don't plant there, go to where there's low-hanging oh, yeah. fruit, go to where you can become a self-sustaining ministry. Right. Well, the, the banner that we're kind of waving, what we're saying is, is no, let's not overlook these mm. poor communities. Let's not overlook planting a church right in the middle of the projects. Yeah. What if other churches in more affluent, well-resourced areas could come together and support long-term mm. for 15, 20 years right. a healthy ministry, an autonomous local church in that community? Yeah. So that's something we need to be thinking yeah, about. Yeah, that's well. good. I like that. You know, we often worry about ideas of dependency. Yeah. in missions, but sometimes it's not dependency, it's just life support. Sure, yeah. There can be unhealthy de- dependency. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, I you know, I think we we have to also be re- regularly struggling with that question of what does unhealthy dependency mm-hmm. look like. One way I think of it is this, is our, our church, the Garden Church, mm-hmm. we have a meager budget. Right. Um, we have intentionally not raised expenses, salaries beyond what we think can be a realistic okay. budget for this kind of community. 
And now we've got a, a, about 110 people coming on Sundays, and our church is able to support me mm-hmm. and our own church ministries for the most part. Sure. And then we're able to raise money outside of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think an unhealthy dependency would sort of be a, uh, a dependency that where there is no way that any church could ever, ever function. Sure. Even if you have 500 people. That's a good point. You can never function at this right. salary. That's right. At this budget. Yeah. No, that, that's a good, that's that's actually a wise way to look at it. And to your point, sometimes the, the expanse of the ministry from, say, the Garden Church, people coming in to help from the outside, other churches to help resource the, the, the big ministry that, that takes place, I think is really significant. Yeah. Um, for you there. So what else, Joel? So you came in, uh, you've been here on our campus uh, talking with our good. students. We appreciate you yep. being here uh, so much. Recruiting interns. Uh, you have an intern ministry. Yeah, uh, so I'll talk about our interns yeah, a do. little bit. So uh, on, on one hand, we have a couple different categories. Okay. One is our intern ministry. Now, I have an intern here with me. This yes, is Mark. Yes, do. And uh, uh, Mark is an intern. Now, an intern with us is not... Your, what you might think of an, of an intern in a lot of our churches. Uh, interns are typically not seminary trained, not looking to go right into full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. For us, an intern is generally somebody who is right off the streets. They're a new convert, baptized, joined the church, and they, uh, we, we bring them in. They're not working a job, so we bring them in as an intern. Mm-hmm. They, get, they get classes five days a week. Okay. They serve the church in some fashion. Uh, and they're they're just 100 percent involved, and it's a way for us to disciple women and men uh, who come through this Great. Uh, uh, this ministry, and that lasts a year, and then after the year, the goal is that they would be working. Okay. Um, now beyond that, uh, we've got a couple of different categories that we think think through. One, of course, would be church planters or pastors, men that would uh, feel called to revitalize or replant okay. churches uh, as a priority, mm-hmm. plant if necessary. And um, then we also have gospel workers who would be full-time men and women who mm-hmm. come alongside the work and are able to do a lot of the, these extra uh, discipleship sort of stuff that, that is needed in the ministry. Uh, beyond gospel workers would be short-term workers. Uh, at this point, we focus primarily on summer missionaries. Okay. So students or uh, uh, those who they have a summer off, mm-hmm. uh, they're able to come for a summer. Uh, we've got a 10-week program where they would come in, help us with some things. They would uh, get an ex- some experience with the ministry um, and, uh, and, then, and then go on you know, right. to whatever, whatever else. It'd be a great training ground for whatever God calls sure. them exactly. into. So, Joel, um, we talked about your One Hope and the ministry for church planting, church revitalization. Uh, do you guys have plans on the books to plant new churches, garden church to plant new churches, or One Hope to plant new churches in communities? Yeah, so... Uh, Right now, One Hope uh, is a funding stream for some of the work that we're already doing, okay. uh, which includes our gospel workers, our intern program. Uh, but we're hoping to broaden that One Hope missions base to plant other churches. Okay. Uh, and so we've got a couple guys already at our church who are being trained up as church planners, and we're hoping to send them out within the next two to three years. Great. And uh, plant starting off in Baltimore in the inner city. And then, as the Lord allows, uh, beyond even Baltimore City. We do, however, want to stay focused on uh, communities that have been affected by years of brokenness okay. and generational okay. poverty. Do you have specific communities inside Baltimore that you're looking at? Or 
Yes and no. Okay. So we've got, uh, to some degree, we've got guys that are looking at certain areas, yes. But we're also prioritizing uh, revitalization sort of works or replants. Okay. Uh, so that's really more the way we're thinking about it is, uh, is a church that's dying. They're not sure what to do with their building. They're not sure what to do in their neighborhood. We want to be able to kind of come underneath these churches and send them a pastor, send them people, and really replant that's churches. So, so at this point, we're, we're more focused on raising up the planters, okay. less focused on identifying the community. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's great. What a yeah. great ministry. So talk to me now. Uh, there are some churches who would like to be involved in urban ministry, inner city ministry. They're not themselves in the inner city. Um, what are some ways that other churches, other Christians could be involved in your community or communities like yours? Yeah. Uh, could I say one way that I think some, sometimes Absolutely. we think wrongly about Absolutely. that is, uh, is, oh, well, there's an inner city 30 miles from us. Let's go ahead and let's start a little soup kitchen over there, you know. I think that's the wrong approach. Okay. I think a better approach is is first, praise God that you have a heart for the inner city. Secondly, as part of your mission strategy, uh, find somebody, find a pastor, find a church that preaches the same gospel you mm -hmm. do and get behind them. Good. And that's, that's our approach is uh, for churches that are uh, – they've got a, the, the desire for the work, but they don't have the hands for it. They don't have the ability uh, – for, for this kind of work, we, we basically would say, would you consider One Hope as a means mm. through which you might partner with inner city work? That's great. You know, right now, our One Hope budget is, uh, like I said, it's funding some of the stuff that we do currently, uh, and we are somewhere about about 60% about funded mm -hmm. for 2020. Sure. I think 2020 is going to be fine. Uh, but what's going to happen is 2021, 2022, <laughs> we're going to see these guys plant churches right. and our budget needs are going to there exponentially increase. Right. So all that to say right now we're in this building mm -hmm. phase of building this platform through which we might be able to do this kind right. of ministry. That's great. Yeah, and you've got God's church is big enough uh, globally to take care of God's mission Amen. globally. And we yeah. just need to find ways to partner across uh, across the lines uh, to work together for what God's mission uh, is in this world of seeing lost people come to faith in Christ, broken people come into wholeness uh, in Him. Amen. So Whit, I'm thankful that you are here today. I uh, appreciate be you being on our campus and being part of our conversation today. We want to thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast, The Scent Life. Um, again, this week uh, we are sponsored by One Hope, uh, the ministry from Baltimore that has a, a real vision for uh, developing healthy churches, church planting, church revitalization in the inner city communities. Uh, if you want to know more about One Hope, you can go to their website. It's onehope.gives. That's onehope.gives. And a real low-hanging fruit that you can uh, be involved in is on the front page. You can sign up for the weekly prayer request. Just click that. They'll be able to send you an update each week. You can know how to pray for Joel, how to pray for his team, how to pray for his interns and the ministry that takes place in that community. And again, we're thankful that you uh, were with us today as we live our lives sent with our missionary God uh, who is passionate about seeing men and women, boys and girls and teenagers uh, grow in their relationship with him and come to saving faith in Jesus Christ.